0: Welcome to the View Magazine's Rebel Justice podcast from our Someone's Daughter podcast series. Today, we bring you the profile of a photographer, Peter Dench. Peter is also a presenter, writer, author, educator, and curator, and has over 20 years of experience in the advertising, editorial, corporate, and portraiture fields of image making. He has received many international accolades and published solo books with his work, while also running the Photo North Festival. Listen now for the details.
1: This year's Photo North Festival will be hosted at Bonded Warehouse in central Manchester from the 7th to 9th of May. The event brings together around a dozen exhibitions from some of the world's most distinguished photographers, which hang alongside emerging artists. The programme includes a selection of portraits from the Someone's Daughter initiative by The View magazine, highlighting how women prisoners are seen and understood. And representatives from The View will be available throughout the festival and hosting a panel discussion on the afternoon of Sunday, the 8th of May. All of this takes place against the backdrop of film screenings, talks, portfolio reviews, competitions, book and zine stalls and more. There'll be the opportunity to meet some of the exhibitors, develop contacts in the industry, meet new friends, catch up with existing ones, or just relax in the company of fantastic photography. For more information, head over to photonorthfestival.co.uk.
0: Tammy fudge a first-year English student at UCL, spoke to Peter. Thank you, Tammy. I want to
2: start with asking, how did you get into photography or like what first drew you to photography?
1: Yeah, I guess that's a, <laughs> always a good place to start. Yeah, what drew me to photography? and um, It goes back a long way. Um, you know, I was originally a keen cricketer and that's, you know, that's that was my passion. But I could never quite get over the nerves of striding out into the middle of a cricket pitch with the real possibility of immediate failure. Uh so I used to feel nauseous for weeks before a match so I knew that you know it wasn't going to going to last so I sold all my cricket gear and then I was trying to think of a reason to get myself outside and you know explore my surroundings and and photography so this seemed the obvious choice so around the age of 14 I think I unwrapped a second hand Pentax ME Super for Christmas and started sort of exploring the world with a camera, but it's it was a long process it It took me about three years to start pointing it at people um and that still frightens me from time to time so you know it goes back to to being a teenager, but i I started taking it seriously as a career around about the age of eighteen when I was studying in Bournemouth, and I just thought if you can travel the world at someone else's expense, um make people laugh, make people think. And, you know, at the very best, effect change. That didn't seem a bad way to spend my time.
2: Oh, Hey, thank you. In many places, you're described as a photojournalist as well as a photographer. I was wondering, do you think that this is an important distinction? And if so, how?
1: I used to think it was an important distinction, certainly for the first 10 years of my career. You know, that's what I was working towards. Those were the kind of photographers I took inspiration from. But I'm not so concerned with labels now. You know, I, if someone asked me what I did as a photographer, I'd probably just say storyteller. You know, it's, uh, it's a tool that I use along with the pen or the telephone or social media to try and sort of tell stories that, that matter to me and that I hope people want to see.
2: That's really interesting, thank you. So then, I guess you've spoken about being a storyteller and communicating. but how would you describe your photography photography style?
1: Oh well it's it's definitely colorful. Uh, I mean, other people would describe it as quirky. Um, there's an element of humor to it, um which I think is a good way of getting a story across. I think humor can be an important tool, again, um, if you can disarm your viewer with humour and laughter, you know, then sort of, and then throw in some more serious pictures. You know, what I like to do if I'm creating either a magazine spread or a book or an exhibition is to take the viewer on a journey. So if I can, you know, if I can make them smile and, you know, make them think, um, then, you know, for me, that's kind of a successful Part of what I do, but I, I definitely attribute my style to where I grew up, which was in a kind of quite a working class, typical British seaside town on the south coast. So, you know, kiss me quick hats, um, that kind of saucy seaside sense of humor embedded itself quite early. So I, I can't see in black and white, you know, a lot of you know, my work is, is primary colors. Uh, Bright, saturated colours. And I attribute that to the first things I saw, you know, bumper boats, the red arrows, blue skies, deck chairs, the amusement arcades, all that kind of fed into the style that I think I have.
2: I feel like when I was looking at your work the tale of the red tape kind of seems to go with this idea of like journeying um well taking your viewer on a journey and telling a story so could you tell me more about what inspired you for that?
1: Yeah that's that's interesting you pick up on that one because I'd say 90% of my work is about people you know that's what excites me how people behave you know in in their leisure time or, or wherever and that tail of the tape is is people less. You know. Um, but that was born out of lockdown. Um so I work closely with Getty Images and my editor there suggested that there might be something to say, you know, about lockdown. Because seemingly overnight, you know, I live in central London. a week in April during the first lockdown, you know, I kind of had a stroll along the south bank and there was just miles and miles of red and white tape sort of bound around benches and sculptures and uh you know to to encourage people to move on because we weren't allowed to sit down at that time during our one hour exercise if if i remember so yeah it was quite i mean all of my colleagues all of photographers i know we were scrambling around for ideas during lockdown to try and document this extraordinary part of our history you know we knew we had to sort of contribute you know and that was just one sort of aspect of of what I did so but it worked for me it was it it was colourful and again it was it was witnessing London go through a a change you know a a city that I've lived in since 1995 Um, you could stand on the south bank and you know hear the parakeets and not see anyone for 10-15 minutes. So it was it was quite an extraordinary time and hopefully you know those pictures capture a small part of that.
2: You've talked a lot about change already so I was wondering how do you think photography can be a catalyst for social change? Quite a broad question again.
1: <laughs> yeah I, th- I think it can be um, for sure, otherwise I guess I wouldn't pursue it. Um, but it's, it's, it's not always that obvious how it can affect change uh, and, until later you know I just personally I, I just try and trust my instinct and if I think there's something worth photographing generally I'm right in thinking there's an audience for it so if if a, if I have an idea that won't go away and um, the only way to to get it to go away is to to document it and, and package it and get it out there and see if people react it's not always the case but you know the work we're seeing coming out of Ukraine at the moment uh, is certainly, I think, having a positive impact on how people think and uh, you know how they act. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a broad question, but um, I think it's you know it's, it is our duty to to have something to say or at least to contribute to the conversation going on sort of both nationally and internationally.
2: So kind of going off that a bit, you've talked a lot about um the audience and how they react and interactions. So how important do you think it is? is, it, is it, do you think photography is more about communicating with an audience? Um, do sometimes people react to your photos not the way you intended to? And like how does that make you feel, I guess?
1: Yeah, um I'd like to think my my own photography is collaborative and not sneering. You know, a lot of the topics I cover. familiar to me from my upbringing and from my youth so you know it's just trying to create a balance of sort of what I'm what I'm trying to say a lot of my work is about England and Englishness and English identity and you know I'd say 95% of the people that I've photographed don't mind being photographed you know when I'm out shooting uh, I'm always honest I'm always truthful about what I'm doing. I'm not ashamed to be a photographer. So if anyone comes up to me and says, what are you doing? You know, I'll let them know. And as long as you're open and honest about your intent, generally people want to collaborate. You know, occasionally someone I'm photographing will say, that I'd rather not be involved in this. And, you know, I have to understand that's perfectly acceptable for them to do and and move on you know because I I think over the 22 years I've been photographing you know because of the accessibility of photography and photographs you know people are a lot more cautious about where they end up Um, so you know that's that's understandable and that's something I have to realize you know when I am out shooting a project.
2: So what are some other challenges you face when you're shooting like people (laughs) Um,
1: well I mean the the hardest thing as a photographer and I'm I'm paraphrasing a a dear friend of mine called Tom Stoddard who passed away last year one of the greatest photojournalists I I had the privilege of knowing you know he always kind of said the hardest thing is just to keep swinging your legs out of bed to, to leave loved ones behind to spend money you might not have for no tangible rewards, so you know, getting up and getting out is is the biggest challenge uh, for me, and it always has been. Pointing a camera at someone again, as I sort of referred to earlier, is you know is is, is sometimes a tough thing to do. It's uh, it still takes you know a lot of practice for me to to have that discipline. Yeah, and just uh, you know, that th- those are the, the the two biggest challenges. But I, I enjoy what photography can do you know and i once i'm out there interacting you know generally i do find it a a positive experience
2: so are there any particular photographers or works you would say that influence you quite a lot or have influenced you quite a lot
1: yeah it's it's generally the photographers that do what i don't Um, again you know the 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 work that's coming out of Ukraine, you know, I haven't gone myself yet because I I don't know because they're doing such a great job. And I don't know what I can add. And I certainly don't feel as though I could better um, what they're producing. So photographers like Brent Sturton, who who does a lot of environmental work, um, is a big influence. Tom Stoddard has has always been there, you know, still is an influence um Marcus Bleasdale a, f- a photographer who produced a lot of work in in the Congo dem- the Democratic Republic of Congo and for Human Rights Watch so so basically the photographers who, who do what I I don't and beyond photography as well uh columnists writers like Danny Wallace you know you kind of cherry pick inspiration from various places and and Probably the biggest influence are the are the writers that I've worked with, the journalists uh, that I've worked with over my career from A.A. A. Gill to Sean Thomas. You know, they're the people I spend spent more time with, you know, while I was working rather than alongside other photographers.
2: I was wondering if you could tell me more about the Photo North Festival and why you think it's so important. Yeah,
1: well, this is the <laughs> so as a photographer, it can be quite a, a selfish pursuit you know you're competing both for editorial commissions for page space in competitions and I was kind of guilty of that and then when I turned 40 you know I started to realize that my competitors weren't going away and they were also doing great work so I started to take an interest in you know what what other photographers did which sounds a a simple sort of Thing to do, but it was quite a jump. So that was that was ten years ago. And as I mentioned, I I, well, I I live in central London, so I get to see a lot of exhibitions. And inevitably, when I when the exhibition would finish after maybe a very short run, created at great expense, I'd ask the photographer, "What's happening to the exhibition now?" And they'd say, "Oh, it's going under the bed, or into storage, or on top of the wardrobe." So I was kind of thinking about how to keep exhibitions on the road, you know, give them a new audience. And my sister-in-law, Sharon, she was working in Leeds for a property developer and suggested to them that we create a gallery uh, in Leeds city centre, which we did. So a lot of exhibitions from, from the south, I'd travel up to Leeds um, to, to, you know, to keep them on the road and to, to give them a new audience. And then when that ran its natural course, um, we ran that for three years. We've just been looking for an opportunity to carry on that ethos. So Photo North Festival, the first one was in Harrogate in 2018. Uh, We had one in 2019 and and the next one is in in Manchester. Um, So it's just a commitment from us to support sort of marginalized, powerless and those are, that are discriminated against, you know, through photography, by sort of raising awareness, by presenting thought provoking, you know, evocative documentary images and screenings um, around the north of England. So, you know, it's it's informal, it's celebratory, but it also has, you know, we try and engage debate, you know, raise questions and, you know, invite people into the space. And hopefully, you know, give them something to take away.
2: Um, so what do you think is the most exciting or like interesting thing about having I uh, know all these photographers work in the same place?
1: Well, the festival, I mean it's it's very indulgent, <laughs> but it's you know, a, a lot of the contributors of you know photographers I admire, so it gives me a chance to get up close and personal with them and their works. Some are friends, you know, some I've never met before and I'm looking forward to, to meeting in Manchester. So, you know, it's what I, when I moved to London in 1995, right, I'd go into a Mayfair gallery and the person behind the desk would generally tut when I closed the door. They knew I couldn't spend the money, you know, and I felt uncomfortable. And then I'd stand there looking at the work thinking, how long do I have to look at it before I could leave? You know, so with photo North Festival we try and create an inclusive friendly, you know informal atmosphere where there's photographers who are exhibiting, we'll just chat, maybe look through some portfolios. so we try and exhibit up and-coming photographers against more established ones so they can get something positive on their CV. Um, we've got an education day on the Monday um, where we, sort of invite students in for a day of you know sort of more educative program so it's you know I'm a photographer I'm by no by, by no means an event organizer so we do rely on the kindness of our colleagues to 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 get it all together but uh, fingers crossed it'll be a success for the for the local community and beyond
2: so where do you see the festival going in the future? Do you have any goals or like areas you'd like to expand into? Well,
1: I mean, part of Photo North is, you know, the festival is our is our main sort of focus, but we also try and get exhibitions into corporate spaces, into spaces where people might ordinarily engage with photography. So, you know, boardrooms, lobbies, banks. Those kind of areas and spaces uh you know are also part of our goal, uh, but we'll we'll see how the Manchester one goes. The reason we moved it from Harrogate is just to you know give the other side of the country a chance to get involved, and you know there's a quite a large student population there, a lot of photography courses, so we're, we're hoping they'll be able to to swing by as well.
2: So what did you think of the someone's daughter portraits, um, and how do you think that they'll be able to affect social change?
1: It's a powerful sort of initiative, as simple ideas often are. So it kind of resonated with with us um, with the Photo North ethos, and it's a it's an underreported situation, I think, for for how sort of female prisoners are dealt with within the system, you know, so I'm learning about it. I learnt about it from the show Someone's Daughter had at Photo London. You know, we would have loved to have taken the whole show, but we're, we're a much smaller operation, so we're very privileged to be welcoming the team at The View magazine and the Someone's Daughter exhibition in, into our space, you know, for people to come and, come and engage with.
0: And this concludes today's podcast. Thank you so much, Peter, for the time you took to speak to us. Photo North Festival will be running from the 7th to the 9th of May in central Manchester. You can find more details on photonorthfestival.co.uk. Thank you for listening.